Hi, this is Amber, and you're listening to Amber on Podcast. Hi, hello, and welcome to episode number 54 of Amber on Podcasts. Thank you for joining me. If you haven't yet, please take a moment to subscribe to the show for a weekly dose of valuable and actionable solutions and tools to help you lead a more joyful, more informed, and more meaningful life. Every Thursday, I release a new episode that is aimed at doing more good, and I would love to have you join me. Today's episode is one I have been excited to share with you for some time now. I was introduced to this man by my genius best friend, Andrea, when I discovered him and read his book and listened to his story. I was really blown away by his mission in life and the journey he is on. Perhaps you have heard of him. He's growing in popularity and will continue to grow because he is unlike anyone you have ever seen before. Today, I am pleased to bring you his message so that you can benefit from his wisdom and teachings. Today, we are talking about our friend, Mr. Max Lugavier, and his journey to becoming a citizen's scientist. You will learn why it is so important for you to be an expert in your own health, why you should not leave your health and your treatment up to the medical doctors, also what it takes to keep your brain healthy so that you can avoid seeing signs of dementia. You will not believe how young we are able to detect these changes to our brain now. Also, the importance of thermal stress and why protein is the one thing that we can all benefit most from and why you should be eating a lot of it. I am thrilled to bring you the wonderful, heartfelt, and wise teachings of Mr. Max Lugavere. So, let's start the show. When Max was growing up, his parents got divorced. Like many of us from broken homes, his family was split up and his mom never remarried. Max grows up and remains very close to his mother and his father. The family ends up doing such a good job that they even take vacations together. The two divorced parents and the two children. It was on one of these trips when Max's mother stood at the breakfast counter and announced to the family that she was seeing a neurologist because she was experiencing memory problems. And as she stood there confessing her struggles, the rest of the family stood in disbelief. Their mother looked sharp and bright with her golden blonde hair and fresh skin and bright eyes. She wasn't old. She didn't look old. What memory problems could she possibly be experiencing? Maybe she was overreacting. Stunned at her confession, Max's father said, well, if your memory is so bad, well, why don't you tell us what year it is? And she stood there for a couple of moments, 
And Max and his brother chimed in saying, come on, mom, you know what year it is. And then their mom burst into tears and they knew she wasn't joking. She really didn't know what year it was. And she was really having memory problems. At that moment, it occurred to Max that he had noticed this behavior from her before. Max and his mother were always very close, and when he would come over to her house to cook dinner with her, he noticed she would pause and take a few moments before completing any action, like she had to think about it really hard first. He would ask her to pass the salt, and she would pause and look a bit startled and a few seconds later realized that what she was being asked to do. Max realized that he needed to figure out what was wrong with her. He was worried and concerned and scared and hungry for information. He went with his mom to all of her appointments and the doctors would diagnose and adios in every situation. Max said that the doctor, they would visit with them for 15 minutes max and assign tests and blood to be drawn, but give no information about the tests or what they were looking for in the blood. 15 minutes in and out and on to the next patient. Max was his mom's patient wingman. He attended each and every one of her appointments right along her side as a kind and supportive doting, loving son. It was at one of these appointments at the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio when his mother was diagnosed with a neurodegenerative disease and prescribed two medications, one for Parkinson's disease and one for Alzheimer's disease. Although neither Max nor his mother knew this at the time, neither of them knew she had been prescribed Parkinson's and Alzheimer's medication, until they got back to the hotel room and Googled it themselves and learned that these medications were Band-Aids, that they have no disease-modifying ability at all and are barely effective. That was the first time Max had a panic attack because he was scared that his 58-year-old mother would die and before that she would become completely dilapidated. He didn't know what to do. Max said the walls were closing in on him, and he's usually a really chill guy, but he had freaked out. He had never even had a panic attack before. This was the scariest moment his entire life. And right then, right there, that moment in that hotel room, there was a line drawn in the sand. As soon as the panic cleared, Max became obsessed and unable to focus on his own career as a journalist. All he wanted to do was learn how diet and lifestyle affect brain function and ultimately brain health. He wanted to get his mom's brain healthy enough to stop the disease from getting worse and maybe even get her brain to start showing signs of improvement. So first, he learned that oftentimes, like many chronic diseases, it begins far earlier than any presentation of symptoms. It became a major call to action for Max, not only so he could help his mother, but also so he could prevent it from happening himself. That's what began his journey as a citizen scientist. Max says that we live in such a time now that all of the world's knowledge is available 24 hours a day. 
Seeking truth and finding answers is at our fingertips. So it didn't seem like a very big barrier to entry for Max to become a citizen scientist, even though he isn't a medical doctor. He felt entitled to answers as a human being, and he set out to learn everything that he could about the disease, about the brain, and about how to get his mom healthy again. Max has a longtime interest in health and fitness, and he began to believe that his mom's diet and lifestyle might have something to do with her disease. At first, he put a lot of faith in the medical establishment in those moments of fear. You want to do anything you can to help your mom. You don't want to eliminate anything for fear of missing some cure. This is where Max brings up a really great point. Max says that there isn't a single doctor that would give him their email address so he could follow up with them. When something like your health or the health of a loved one is on the line, you don't want to wait three months to ask your follow-up questions. Who knows how much time you have left? This is why it's important to become an expert in your own health to have some kind of clue about your body, how it operates, what it is responding to, and how you can optimize your personal health. In previous generations, only the doctors could know about health, or only the nutritionists could know about nutrition. But people today want answers, especially Millennials want answers. We feel empowered. We feel entitled to these answers. We feel entitled in general. Now, thanks to research and technology, we have resources to begin answering those questions. Resources like PubMed.com, new research studies, and books. Books like the one written by our friend, Mr. Max Lugavir, called Genius Foods, which is all about food and nutrition and your body to help people learn how to interpret the research. Max believes that science literacy is as important as financial literacy, and there is a lack of both among younger people today, and that is problematic. I need help in both areas, and that is why I am thankful that Max has a mission. And that mission is to spread this knowledge about your health and your body so that you can be aware of what foods have what effect. This book has changed the way I eat, dear listeners. And the best part is that the book isn't a boring research case study science book. It makes sense. It's layman's terms. It's easy to understand and easy to implement. Best of all, the book is dedicated to Max's mom, who lost her life at the end of 2018, but whose spirit and love lives on through Max and his work. Here, in honor of Max and his mom, I am sharing with you Max Lugavere's top Lessons for Brain Health. Number one is your brain uses one-third of the energy you consume. That means that one-third of 
all of the calories you consume is going directly to your brain. Surprising, sure, that the medium-sized ball inside our school is taking up one-third of the food source. Newborn babies actually require even more, using 90% for their brain. That's 90% of the oxygen and 90% of the calories are being used to feed and grow the brain of a newborn baby. This serves as an excellent reminder that what you are consuming is having a direct impact on your brain. In other words, how you eat is how you think. Certain foods allow the brain to function at a high level and with efficiency. Other foods slow the brain down and limit hormones and other receptors from working the way they are supposed to. Genius Foods covers this in depth. The only reason I have any kind of education at all is 100% the result of reading Genius Foods. I cannot recommend this book enough, Genius Foods. Number two on our list of top lessons from Lugavere is sleep. Sleep is important for many reasons, but the one I find most fascinating is the amyloid plaque. You see, during the day when you are conscious, your brain is working and grinding, and over time it starts to develop protein buildup around your brain cells. This buildup, if left untreated, is known to cause Alzheimer's and dementia. The fascinating thing about our brains is that they have their very own wash-rinse system. When you go to sleep at night, your brain turns on what is called the glymphatic system which swooshes cerebral spinal fluid all throughout your brain while you sleep, cleansing the proteins out of the brain that collect throughout the day and rinsing them away to start fresh upon waking. The only thing is, no sleeping means no rinsing. In brain scans, they have proven that one night of bad sleep means less cleanup for your brain. And over time, this buildup of amyloid plaque is directly linked to Alzheimer's. Another reason sleep is important is because sleep is a master hormone regulator. Sleep helps to ensure you don't have to use your willpower too often. Research proves that one night of bad sleep leads to more calorie consumption the following day. 300 to 500 more calories on average. Because you can't resist the temptation. I have felt this way on every single one of my hangover days. Undersleep also makes it harder for you to contextualize emotions. Perhaps you have seen this with a young child that gets cranky when she doesn't have her nap. Or perhaps you are friends with me and know that I suffer from the same. Our society tends to romanticize being busy. Max is here to remind us that there will be no sleep shaming. We all need sleep. So get in where you fit in and make sure you are taking care of your brain by getting good sleep. Number three on our list is protein. Protein, protein, protein like sleep is something our body needs to survive. We tend to think of protein as a nutrient to make us grow bigger muscles, but we are made up of protein. On a cellular level, we are protein. 
And for that reason, we need to consume protein in every meal and, if possible, from a wonderfully organic grass-fed source. Protein is important for weight loss and weight gain. And if you want to learn more about it, check out Genius Foods, where Max covers protein and protein sources in detail. Number four on our list is thermal stress. Thermal stress is any kind of drastic temperature change that causes our body to regulate our core temperature. Thermal exercise is something we are lacking today, but was a key part of our evolution as a species. We evolved chasing our food and being exposed to the weather and the elements. That's how we survived. Our adaptability is what has kept us here. Our bodies are the ultimate performance machine, and putting it under thermal stress proves this. For example, Finland is the sauna capital of the world, where nearly every single home has a sauna. Finland researchers did a study and found that those who use the sauna four to seven times per week had a dramatic risk reduction, a 65% risk reduction in Alzheimer's disease. There is no drug on the market that will cut your risk of developing Alzheimer's disease by 65%. Another easy way to remember this is that anything that is good for the heart is good for the brain. And sauna seemed to be really good for the heart. In this population in Finland, saunas play a protective role in terms of vascular function, high blood pressure, and dementia. Cold stress and heat stress are good for you. So look alive. Luckily, we have our friend Max to teach and guide us to lead healthy lives so that we can live for years to come and do more good for more people most of the time. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I am so, so very thankful for Max and the wisdom and research he shares. And now you have access to this wisdom yourself, dear listeners. Take advantage and check out his podcast, The Genius Life. Check out Max's book, Genius Foods. I have said it once. I will say it again, Genius Foods. And check out his interview on Health Theory, where this podcast was taken from. I promise you think you know, but you have no idea until you really get into the mind of this guy. Max really is a genius angel from heaven who was sent here to help us all. So don't sleep on Max. Live a genius life and do more good. I will link everything at my website, mytalkingdollars.com. If you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another conversation about living your best life and doing more good. Thank you. Love you. Bye.